Hello, my name's Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up today, we have a special guest with us to talk all things aviation security. Michael Green is the CEO and co-founder of Athena Security, a leading company seeking to change the way we're processed through airports. Michael is known as an executive who solves problems that are valuable to customers and has been elected 40 under 40 by the Cincinnati Business Courier for his achievements. We're going to take a deep dive into his innovative security solution and gain some insight into airport security in general. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. And Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I just wanted to start, can you tell us a bit about yourself? How did you get into airport security and what's your background? Sure. So before working at Athena, I actually kept money out of bad people's hands. I worked with the Department of Treasury in the United States and did a New York customer compliance application, which I see is pretty similar, actually, uh, to the current problem. It's one of these needle in a haystack problems. Most people that are transacting with uh, the money system are all good, great transactions. Uh, but you know, some people uh, aren't and shouldn't be allowed to use it similarly. Um, guns are very prevalent, at least in the United States, uh, maybe not where, where you guys live, uh, but um, it's all over Texas. That's where our company's headquartered. And there are laws in the US that you're not supposed to bring a gun into a school building or an airport. And so the idea for Athena came about after a, a massacre um, several years ago in Florida. And we we're just looking at how to use technology in order to make our children and our community safer. That's so interesting. And, you know, it's a kind of alien concept to us being European. Um, you know, we, we don't have a gun issue over here. We do have knife issues. So, you know, there, there is still security concerns in our schools, but not quite to the extent that you guys have to deal with. Um, but coming back to um, the product that you're developing, obviously, at the moment, we can't talk about anything to do with aviation without asking the regular question of how COVID affected you. Um, but I understand you actually found a new use for the technology you've developed during these strange times. Um, that's right. So uh, COVID obviously produces <clears throat> um, lots of symptoms and um so it's a ever evolving, changing list with the different waves, but uh, the human body when it's sick um, typically has symptoms. And uh, so we've been both scanning for symptoms uh, using um, thermography. And we've also then developed uh, symptom screening, just apps where you uh, self-select what might be um, how you feel um, that day if you've been around people with COVID. So we've absolutely done what we call a health check. Um, so that's how we partly survived as a company, just adapting to what the customer needs. Um, but we've always been a company that surrounded ourselves uh, with the question of, you know, how to make a population safer. And so we certainly started in the security space and we started actually with a video analytic. So that's uh, processing video camera feeds, looking for the outline of a weapon, um, which of course is using a, a visual camera. So it's a visual light camera. Um, and to find concealed guns, we'd always been evaluating and looking at all the different parts of the wavelength, like millimeter wave and terahertz and, and thermal as well to understand, you know, 
how else we could find guns. So when COVID popped up, of course, using our backgrounds with uh, different parts of the spectrum certainly came in handy. I always find it fascinating um, reading the TSA press releases, um, you know, like um, so many guns were found at the TSA checkpoint at this airport this week. And, you know, like Joe said, it's just such an alien concept to us. I think the one that really surprised me um, a couple of years ago was um, I think somebody managed to get one um, to Japan and they got caught uh, arriving with the gun and that caused a lot of problems. But it's uh, I, it really shows why we need need this solution. Um so obviously, you know, it's primarily a weapons detection tool. And you, you kind of briefly explained um, the sort of technologies it's using, but can you sort of give us a, a more in-depth idea of how it works? Sure. So we see um, the future of airport security as more of a layered approach where as you're entering um, from, it's called standoff detection. So as you're approaching the airport and coming into the building, we can certainly make sure that you don't have any gun that's showing. Um, but then as you go through a sensor network, we're also able to see uh, if you might have something that's bigger that's concealed. And uh, obviously in other places, uh, so outside the US, um, a lot of times you get scanned when you enter the building, whereas in the US, it's not till you meet the TSA checkpoint. Uh, so I see a future in the US where there's actually uh, more of a layered approach, like in many places in Europe, the Middle East, where you're even checked more at the door than again, there's more of that hard line, a more thorough check, um, all the way through boarding, of course. Uh, they'll have the opportunity to pull you off the plane. Um, so I would see just a future where more of these layers of security are applied, um, starting even just as you're getting out of your, probably your a car even, uh, with license plate recognition of, you know, who is this vehicle registered to? And um, I think that's, um, actually really widely used at this point. That's really interesting. And uh, yeah, I can see that would be a, a multi-pronged approach to tracking down the people that airlines don't necessarily want getting access to their planes. Um, but your so the technology you use, it's able to detect a weapon, even if it's buried in a bag. Does this mean that we'll be able to stop removing all our metal um, work from ourselves, you know, taking off our belts and taking off our watches and taking our laptops out of our bags? Is that where you're striving to get us to? That, of course, is the goal. <laughs> that is absolutely the goal. Um, there's kind of an issue with orientation of how you hold the bag, how you hold something, how you hold a weapon. Um, most of the technologies are flat, they're 2D. Um, so there's the idea of using more imaging, um, just like an MRI, where it kind of takes a lot of slices of things as they come through. So there's more three-dimensional imaging that's getting developed. And I see that um, adding to the safety um, as well. So yes, um, absolutely in the future, I think it'll be as easy as dropping your bag on one conveyor belt, you walk through another line, you pick your bag up and there'll be just less, less touching, um, less friction in the United States. Uh, TSA does a lot of secondary pat downs and screenings. So I think there'll be fewer touching, fewer stops. Um, also in the U S there's the pre concept of pre-check. So people that have been, uh, already scanned ahead of time, they opted into a program. They paid some money to the department of Homeland security, and they're able to get more of an expedited check. Um, also clear has, I think expanded rapidly in the U S as well, because people are just sick of waiting in line, taking everything out of their pockets 
And there's just, there's, everyone stands there and thinks there's better ways to do this. And (laughs) uh, we've all been in that situation and I'm here to say, yes, there are technological solutions that are on the way. Um, Luckily, TSA and lots of the organizations and institutions have high bars in terms of, they have a high standard for uh, what it has to be able to achieve, uh, which is great. Um, so for new technologies, they have to prove themselves. Um, they get small pilots. They prove themselves in small ways. A lot of times they'll test in front of the um, standard procedure just to see if it's more or less effective. Um, so there's lots of testing that will go involved, is involved, lots of data collected in order to understand, you know, what of these you know, right now, nascent technologies are actually going to, um, passengers are actually going to walk through in the future. Hmm. Yeah, I can certainly relate to what you're saying. I feel like I'm always the person that needs four or five trays to laptops, <laughs> iPads, keyboards. And, you know, some of the airports want you to take all your cables out. Some of them are leaving it in the bag and uh, is definitely can definitely relate there. Um, I wanted to sort of build on that a little bit more. How how accurate, you know, you, you mentioned that obviously you need to test it to make sure it is accurate, but how accurate is it in real life situations so far? Um, so it's very accurate according to what we say it does. Um, so there's, in the United States, we have a federal standard for uh, what a, a metal detector technology should do. And so that's what we start with. That's a, a legacy technology that everyone knows in the field. So we start with that technology so that we, never miss anything. And then we're basically using um, uh, modeling, AI, um, computer vision, all to understand what what items might be safe to carry through as well that aren't a gun. So as people come through our current sensor network, it's a combination of metal detection, um, of a small um, electrical wave um, in order to stimulate anything that's just metallic. So we're finding things that are both ferrous as well as non-ferrous. We're looking at the shape, the size, the mass, in order to understand what both it uh, might be, what might it not be, uh, in order to make sure we can clear the person. Um, I should also point out that every organization has a different threat matrix in terms of what they're trying to find. So if if um, if you're running a prison, for instance, um, even uh, there, there's miniature cell phones, for instance, that are mainly plastic. Um, they're also wanting to make sure that even down to half a razor blade doesn't make it into the prison because that can be used to cut and do different things in the prison and make other things. Um, so small tools even. Uh, so if you're running a prison and prison security, uh, that would be kind of one of the, the tightest um, threat matrices in terms of security. Um, there's, and I know this is far from airlines, but, uh, if you're thinking of data centers or precious metals, manufacturers or jewelers, they don't want certain kinds of metals that are high value leaving. And so a small little piece of gold or platinum can obviously cost a lot. Uh, so, um, so this, this technology, these technologies have, you know, implications in other, um, industries. Um, and then in adjacent, um, we'll just say the capabilities adjacent in self-driving cars, as well as healthcare, in terms of all the imaging technologies, the LIDARs that are used on cars. Um, So there's just a ton of research being done. Um, So it's quite exciting on just how humans understand the wavelength um, and how the earth works, how how our, um, how physics works. 
um, as well as then just on the material science side in terms of how do you capture, understand, um, and that's where AI comes in to help understand ultimately kind of what this might be or not be. So um, it's quite an exciting field right now with lots of development and lots of technologies that are, um, you know, just at the beginning still. Mm, yeah, completely. I can imagine. Um, I kind of so you're what you're getting at is um, more of a, a you, you're being scanned. Um, you don't necessarily know it so much, and you're picking up threats that way. I know um, in the past, there's always every now and then an idea pops up that the airport of the future will have you just walking through, and you'll maybe get pulled off to the side if you're suspicious or you've got something that you shouldn't have. I mean. Do you see this as a realistic um, view for the future? And if not, like, what do you see the security yeah. screening of the future entailing? So I see in the not too distant future, and I'm thinking maybe five years, um, you'll be able to, and, and this would be in the US if you're the equivalent of a clear member and a TSA pre-check member. So if you can combine those two things, uh, the airlines want you to have a great experience. So the airlines also, if you've uh, if you've flown out of Frankfurt, uh, Lufthansa, if you've flown out of uh, in the United States, Atlanta, uh, Delta Terminal, uh, there's the option of doing the biometric opt-in. And so I can just see combining all these programs and systems so that from getting dropped off, you are getting scanned from the time you're getting dropped off. You're proving who you say you are. You don't have to touch uh, a person or a thing. Um, it's possible you'll have to scan maybe your ID, a palm, a retina, a face, some kind of biometric to prove that you are associated with that ID. You all match. I don't think it takes a human to verify it though. So you'll be able to walk through um, basically a kiosk type system where one at a time, it's like a, a, a trap door on each side where you walk through, it's only you verify that it's you and you're able to go in, you put your bag on a separate um, scanner. So your bag gets scanned. You put everything yourself onto that scanner and you're able to walk through separately. And I think as people get the hang of how to do it and it would take a little training uh, just to put all your electronics and stuff into the system. Um, as people self-register and opt into this kind of system, all the technologies there to deliver you to the gate, uh, never actually talking to a human. And I know uh, my parents, my 82 year old mom would say, Oh, you don't want to talk to a person. Like, uh, <laughs> no mom, I'm busy. I just want to get there. Um, I don't need another person saying, how am I doing? Like, I'm fine. I just need to get there. Uh, so <laughs> look, I, I think also some of that stuff's to our detriment in society. So I don't want to say the technology is the end all and be all for every single issue and problem. Uh, but in terms of just getting you and delivering you safely to your aircraft without touching a person, that option is going to exist. And all the technologies here that deliver it. Fantastic. It's funny, we were talking about this this morning because Tom actually lives in Frankfurt and uh, does fly Lufthansa occasionally and, and hasn't yet <laughs> been able to. <laughs> to use the biometric <laughs> scanners, yeah. but they promised that they'll definitely make sure he can have a go next time he, he goes through. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting how all this kind of contactless, you know, peopleless travel experience is now the priority. And I don't know if it's just COVID that's kind of um, spurring that on, but it's 
it's definitely a focus of everything. I'm more than happy if I don't have to speak to anybody to get to my plane. I <laughs> yeah, have to say. I would I would argue more from a point of I'm busy. I don't want to speak to somebody to um, perhaps some people who have to get up at 5 a.m. to check people onto the early flights aren't super happy <laughs> to speak yeah. to me either. <laughs> <laughs> Not always the most cheerful yeah. people. So I'm looking forward to that frictionless travel experience in the future for definite. Um, but finally, something I know that our listeners would love to hear from you is right now with the technology we have at the moment in place, what are your top tips for getting through security checkpoints faster and with less stress, Michael? Oh, geez. Uh, so don't carry a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um, if they do, if, if the, your airport has clear and or pre-check, absolutely. If you're in the United States, use, use TSA pre-check. It's a great program. It's about, I think, $75 for about four years and it's expedited. You go through a metal detector. You don't have to divest things. You can continue to wear your shoes and your belt. Um, so I would say that that's the, you know, my number one tip for anyone that's going to travel much. Um, for the folks that are infrequent, I would say just, hey, enjoy the line, um, <laughs> you know, uh, just otherwise just enjoy the line and, uh, you know, drink a coffee in line, enjoy your chat. Um, and, and uh, you know, otherwise, I'm a guy who typically travels just with uh, my backpack. Uh, I have a computer. I have a change of clothes. I travel where I need to go. Um, I do my, typically it's for, for work or business. I do my meetings and I'm, you know, sometimes home or back the same day or the next day. So I just try and travel really light. Mm. Um, so. And especially with the, the price of putting things in the hold these days, it's uh, best to carry handbaggage only, I find. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I don't have to wait at the other end. Um, no, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I just don't want to wait. Don't want the chance of being just the stress involved with if it's going to mm. come out of that little, you know, you wait there nervously for did my bag make it, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, with the airlines having their own uh, labor shortages, a different, I haven't heard of that many bags missing it, um, missing cutoffs, but um, it does happen. And I just, if I'm on a business trip, I can't handle that additional stress. I'm, I'm already needing to get somewhere. So I keep it with me. Definitely. Great stuff. So, you know, you're doing a fantastic job of keeping guns out of schools and now hopefully you'll be keeping them off the planes as well. Um, it's been a real delight to talk to you, Michael. Is there anything else you wanted to share with us before we close the podcast for today? Um, Joanne and, and Thomas, it's been my pleasure. Um, I'm just looking to be connected with other uh, security leaders in different places in the world. Um, we've worked in the U.S. now with, with uh, airports and private terminals and would just look for other places in the world that are looking for this kind of advanced uh, screening technology uh, just to be part of um, be part of your solution. So I love building technology and, and creating great solutions. So yep, thank you very much and would love Wonderful. to meet more people in the future. Definitely, definitely. This is Michael Green of um, Athena Security. So um, Heathrow Airport, if you're listening, do you check him out? <laughs> Um, other than that, I think that's all we've got time for on today's podcast. We do hope you enjoyed it and welcome your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.